0: Shalom to all! Today's office, Dav dalid We are starting Gimel Omed Bez, Six lines up from the bottom with the brand new Mishnah. Today's office sponsored, Bishos Ruven Ben Rifka. Hashem should grant him a speedy rufuah shlema b'karav mamish. And we continue talking about the machzah shekel. Bishamru. Even though they said, that we're not going to take a mashkein, a collateral to force women, slaves and children to give the machzah shekel. If they give their machzah shekel, so then we'll accept it from them. If a Gentile or a kusi gave a machzah we're not going to accept it from them. Now, the Kusim were a sect that lived in Artesy Israel that converted, but at a later date returned to their idolatrous ways. We find throughout the Gemara that Tannaim and amiraim argue whether or not they're the considered full fledged Jews. So we're saying over here that they were not going to take the machzah Shekel from them. The In we're also not going to accept from them. These are the bird karbonis that a Zav or Zava brings. The Kine Yaldis or the bird karbonis that a woman who gave birth would have to bring. The Chathos Vashamis or Karbon Chatois or Asham. Zaklal this is the rule. Anything which is vowed or donated. Meaning, a person can make a vow, I'm going to bring this carbon, or they can donate this carbon. It's not a chiyuv, it's not a carbon chatas or an asham or something like that. It's voluntary. Then mical miyadan, we can accept it from them. nidav anything which is not voluntary cannot be donated. Ein mical miyadam, we're not going to accept it from them. And we're going to talk about this at length in the Gemara. This was also explained by Ezra HaSeifer. Shneur says in the pasuk, It's not for you and for us to build a house for Hashem our God. This is when Ezra HaSeifer took all the Eden up to rebuild the second base of the Kusim that live there, they wanted to help out, they wanted to donate, they wanted to be involved. And he said, It's not for you. You are not allowed to join us in building the base of We're going to learn that perhaps this is only in regards to bedek Kabayas for the upkeep of the base of but they would perhaps be allowed to donate other things. As we said, we're going to learn about this in the Gemara. Dollar and Allah on the top of the mission continues with another topic. The following people have to give a kalbain when they give their machzah shekel. The kalbain is a small payment sometimes added into the machzah shekel payment. Although the Gemara is going to discuss this at length, the general idea is that since everyone's trying to obtain half shekel coins during Adar, their value increases slightly. So if someone went to a money changer to split a full shekel into two halves, he would have to add on a small amount because the half shekels are slightly more valuable by that same token. If two people decide to pay their machzah Half shekel together with a sela, which is a full shekel, they're in essence getting away with paying less than the actual half shekel, and they would have to add on a kalbain this minimal amount in order to make up the difference. Now, Rav Meir argues and says that every machzah shekel has to have a kalbain added to it, and as we said, we're going to discuss this at length in the Gemara. So, who has to give this kalbain? Levim v'israelim v'gerim v'avadim shechorim and freed slaves. Avoloi kaihanim v'nashim avadim ketanim they do not have to give. Why is that? Since kaihanim, women, avadim, and Kitanim don't have to give their machzah shekel anyway, if they decide to give. that's considered pure profit for the base Hamikdash, so they don't have to add on this little bit amount because the entire half shekel that they're giving is considered profit. It's only Levimi, Yisraelim and other people that have the chiv to give. So if they only give a half shekel, so then they would have to add on this kalbain to make sure that they're not giving less than the required amount. And Hashael Aidei, Kain Aidei, Isha Aidei, Eved Katan. Let's say someone pays the Machzah shekel for a Kain, a woman, an Eved, or a Katan. pater he doesn't have to give the kalbain. Again, he's paying it for them. They're not chayv to give a cowbine, so he doesn't have to give it for them either however, if he gives a full shekel for himself and his friend, so then he has to give one Aimer, He says base he has to give two kalbein and we're going to discuss this in the Gemara, what exactly the machlekas is. Let's say someone gives a cell and he gets a shekel back, meaning he gets half a shekel back. He has to give two kalbein and we're going to discuss whose opinion this is. Is this only Rav Meir or is it also Tanakama? Someone who gives machs a shekel for a poor person, for his neighbor or for ...someone in his city... ...Potter, he does not have to give the kalbain ...vim hilvan. ...and if he had lent them this money... Chives, then he's chaiv to give. Why is that? If he's giving it for them... ...and he didn't lend them the money... ...he's really just giving a gift to the base of mektash And the gift doesn't have to have the Kalbin with it. However, if he had lent them the money, that means they're being yotzid their of Masa Shekel with it. So once they're being yotzid their then a Kalbin would have to be added on. And more about Kabbalah. We have brothers that are partners in the inheritance of their father. If their partnership is structured in such a way that they would be chive to pay the kalbin then their pater from taking However, if their partnership is structured in such a way that they would be chive in Masa Behema, then their pater from the Kalbin. And again, we're Going to discuss this in the Gemara. And now the Mishnah asks the Kamahu Kalbain, How much is this Kalbain? Ma'a kasef, it's one Ma'a. That's his opinion. They say, Chatzimah, it's a half a ma'a. Now Ma'a is a sixth of a dinar. A dinar is a half of a shekel. A shekel is half of a Sela, which means that a Ma'a is one twelfth of a shekel. And now the Gemara discusses the first part of the Mishnah we had said, Even though women, slaves, and children don't have a Mashkin taken from them to force them to give them a Shekel, if they're going to give it, we'll accept it from them. What's the Diyak from that? However, we're not going to be Ta'veyat from them. We're not going to Demand that they give the machzah shekel. Ask the Gemara. Over here, meaning in the previous Mishnah, we said we made a deal from the Mishnah that we will demand it from them. And over here in our Mishnah, we're saying that we do not demand it from them. So it seems to be a stira in mashmos in between these two mishnayim. So the Gemara answer is kind of heavy base Cyrus. The previous Mishnah is talking about where this cotton already brought two Cyrus, so he's already bar mitzvah. So therefore, we'll demand it from him. The over here in our Mishnah, the heavy base Cyrus. It's talking where he hasn't brought two Cyrus. He's not bar mitzvah yet. So therefore, we're not going to even demand it from him if he gives it. We'll take it, but we're not going to demand it from him, and we're for sure not going to take a moshkin from him. And now explaining the next part of the Mishnah, that said, Hanochi v'akusi, if they try to give half shekel, we're not going to take it from them, and we're really going to be focusing on the next part, that if they try to bring carbonus we're not going to accept the carbonus from them. Amar Rabbi Ba, we can explain this Mishnah, command Amar according to Amr, kusi that a kusi is just like a Gentile. The because there's machlikas about this. Tani we have a brisa, kusi a kusi is just like a nachri. Israel for all matters. So therefore, we can see that our mission is like Rebbe. Our mission says we're not going to accept carbonish from a Kusi. It must be he's just like a Nachri. But Amr Ablazar, he argues, and he says, Our mission is talking about Gentiles, meaning we're not going to accept carbonish from a Gentile. But it's not talking about Kusim, meaning we will accept carbonish from Kusim. And so has been taught. We have a brass that says, Adam. The Pasuk in Vayikra says, if a person wants to bring a carbon and use the word Adam, that includes Geirim. And Kusim, were are So we could accept a carbon from a Kusi. And the Pasuk continues, Mikem Kem that excludes a Mumar. This is someone who deliberately is either on Shabbos, of or the whole tira. We're not going to accept a carbon from him. But we see from Reb Lazar that Akusi could give a donation. He could bring carbon to the base of Mekdash. Says the Gemara Masisa Poliga al-Reb Lazar. Our mission is not like Reb Lazar. Now, Reb Lazar and Reb Al-Lazar are the same person. Many times Yushalmi drops the Aleph. So if it says Reb Lazar and Reb Al-Lazar with an Aleph, it's the same exact thing. Sometimes we have Rabbi Ba without the Aleph or we have Rebbe Abba, That would be the same person. Many times we have that in the Yushalmi. So again, Mishnah is not like Rebbe Lazar. Why is that? Because our Mishnah said, We're not going to accept from them these different karbonas. Are there these types of karbonas when it comes to a Gentile? A Gentile doesn't have a din of ziva, so he's not going to bring this karbon. So it must be that we're talking about kusim in our Mishnah, and we're not talking about Gentiles. So the Gemara says right away, how could that be? Because by suggesting that, that would mean, that the ratio of the Mishnah is saying that we're not going to accept a machzash, Shekel from a Gentile, and the Sefa is saying that we're not going to accept these Karbanas from a Kusi. Now the reason why this is strange is because the Mishnah first mentions Gentiles and then Kusim, implying that the main focus is the Nakhri, and if indeed the Mishnah is switching to Kusim mid-statement, then why didn't it give any indication of doing so? Then the Gemara answers that right away and says, kani or Who that is so, Rasha Benachrim, the Bakusim, of the Rasha is talking about Gentiles, and the Sefa is talking about Kusim, so the Mishnah is not necessarily a stira on Rebelazar's Lazar's Din. And now delving a little bit deeper into a Gentile donating to the base Hamikdash. Rabbi He says as follows: originally, when the Beis Hamikdash was being built in Me'kav Me'hem, we do not accept from them. Loy davar Vloy davar Not something which is distinct or unique, and not something which isn't distinct or unique. Meaning, we're not going to even accept money from them. Why is that? We don't want them to have any sort of foothold in the building of the Beis Hamikdash. They might claim it for their avaydizara. So therefore, we don't let them give any sort of donation to the building of the Beis Hamikdash. after the Beis Hamikdash is built, Me'kav we will accept from them the following: davar she'aini misuyim something which is not distinct or unique, meaning we'll accept money from them, but we're not going to accept something unique from them, we're not going to allow them to donate a unique object to the Beis HaMikdash. Baruch Hashem, he says, whether the Beis HaMikdash was being built or even after it was built, we're not going to accept from Gentiles, we're not going to accept anything from them for the for the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash. And now the Gemara says, we have a bryasa which is not like Reb Yechanan. The tani the bryasa says, we're not going to accept from them, accept from them. and any sort of donation which is going to be for B'elik HaBayas, and Rabbi Yechanan says that we will accept from them a donation for B'elik HaBayas. So Gemara says, lo. we can explain this B'elik as saying beim bethi, beim bethi. that we're talking whether the base was being built or after it was built. That means that we're not allowed to accept something which is a dove Masuyam, as Rabbi Yechanan himself said. But after the B'elik image is being built, even the B'elik is going to agree that we will accept something that's not Mesuyim from a Gentile. Or, Pasar la, we could explain this Brihsa as B'Tchila, that's only discussing while the issue was being built. of that even if they give money, then you have to bring it to the Yamamelch, you have to completely destroy it. However, after it's built, we are allowed to accept something. This Brihsa is not necessarily a stira on Rabbi Eichinan. But now we ask on Rish Lakesh that had said, we're never going to accept a donation from a Gentile for the B'Techabias, whether the issue was being built or even after it was built. The Gemara says, We have a Mishnah that's not like Rabbi Shlokesh. They're tiny because it was taught on this Mishnah. Hakal everyone agrees that a Gentile can make a vow, meaning he can donate money to the Besamekdash, and he can be the subject of a vow. So this Mishnah clearly says that a Gentile is allowed to donate to bed a we could explain it, which means he's not donating money, he's donating a carbon Ayla. This makes sense, that he could donate, he can make a vow that he's going to bring a carbon Ayla. But Nidarin what does that mean, that he could be the subject of a donation of a carbon Ayla? How does that fit with this explanation? We explain, this is talking about where a Gentile said I'm going to bring an Ayla and a Yid heard and he said whatever that Gentile said I take upon myself to do so you see the Gentile is the subject of a carbon Ayla he said he's going to bring an Ayla and the Yid said I'm going to bring his carbon Ayla for him so we've explained that this Mishnah and Rish Lakish could be agreeing but now we continue asking on Rish Lakish because again Rish Lakish says that we're not going to accept any sort of donation from a Gentile to be used for Badakabias, and the only thing he could do is give a carbon Ayla so now the Gamar asks on this doesn't he bring nisachim, wine librations, with his carbon oila? And don't we use the excess Nesachim, that which is not poured on the Mizbech, isn't that used to purchase Klisharis? And that's considered the Kabayas. So we see that money that he's giving is being used for the Kabayas. So we see that he's able to bring something It's not mesuyim. it's not distinctive, it's just money, but it's still being used for Badakabayas. So this is not like Rish Lakish that says that we're never going to accept money from a Gentile for the Ba'da Kabayas. So he answers, and we also have another Mishnah that would be problematic with Rish Lakish because says the Mishnah that he could be the subject of an Erechin vow and he can also donate, he can make an erachin vow, which means he would have to give money to the Bisham mikdash And wouldn't that money be used for Ba'da so we have another mission which is also problematic. So heich ma rather, what must we say over there, meaning this mission that we just brought up that has to do with Erechin, Hum His whole kavana is that he just wants to give money to God, he wants to give money to shamayim, umay hein And we take that money and we use it for the bedek Kabayas He never had intent to give it only to the Bede fund. He just wanted to give it to the Beis Mekdash and we use it for Bede So that's not a problem. So too we say over here in regards to the Nesachim, he had Kavanah to bring a carbon oila and the Nesachim along with that carbon oila And whatever's left over, we take that money and we use it to purchase Klisharis with it, but not that he had intent that it was going to be used for Klisharis, Therefore, he's able to give money that we will eventually use for Bede but not that he had intent for it to be for B'de-Kabayis. But according to Lakish, if he had intent that this is meant to be for Bada Kabayas, then we're not allowed to accept it from him. And what's the basis of Rish Lakish's opinion? Rishem Ben Lakish Pastor law, he's going to explain his opinion. It says in the Pasuk, It's not for you and for us to build a house for Hashem, our God, which means we are not allowed to accept any donations for the building of the house for the Bada Kabayas. Rishem Ben Amar. he says, Rishem Ben Shal. posed the following question. Again, anytime Rishem says Shal, it doesn't mean that he didn't know what the answer was. He knew what the answer was. This was his opinion. He just wanted to know what everyone else thought about it me'ata from here this means we're not going to accept any donations from Gentiles even to maintain and to fix up the stream of water that ran through the base Mikdash, which was intended for cleaning parts of the carbonus and different things or even to fix up the walls of the city or its towers I'll shame because it says in the passage you have no you have no part in the maintenance of the base of Mikdash at all whatsoever and now we continue to explain the Mishnah we had said the following people are in and we had thecus between the Tanakama and Mayor, does he give one kalban or two? My time our mayor, what's our mayor's reasoning? Sovereign mayor he holds A person gives a full shekel and he needs to receive change. He has to give two kalbanis. Dara mayor he holds, The same way that his machzah shekel is middaysa. He has to give it because the tyra says so. so to the kalban is a de Urisa, it's not just a Dirabanan because of the market fluctuation. The time we have a brands of mayor he says, Hashem took a fiery coin from underneath his Kisia kavai. And he showed it to Misha Rabbeinu and told him give this because this is what they shall give Hashem showed Myshe Rabbeinu a perfect flawless silver half shekel coin which means we have to give that same exact thing now we know that all of our silver has a little bit of impurities in it and it might have gotten worn out over time it got a little bit rubbed down so it's a little bit less than half a shekel so midah iraisa, we have to add on this little kalbain in order to make up for that little bit that it's missing that's why midda iraisa we have to give a kalbain and we have to give another kalbain because of the market flood Fluctuations. And we continue explaining the next part of the Mishnah. Someone gives a seller and receives a shekel, meaning he receives half a shekel change. He has to give two kalbanes. And we had said we don't know if this is only a korntav mayor or this is also corn to the Tanakhama. i He says, mayor, he. This is only Trap mayor. shekel He has to give one kalbain for the shekel that he's giving. Again, that's the fee because of the market fluctuation. And one is the that he has to give for this added on amount to make sure that it's actually half a shekel. So that's why he has to give two, and that's only korntav mayor." There. But Varav Amar, he says, this is according to everyone. Even the Tanakama would agree that when he gives a full shekel and he's receiving half a shekel change, that he has to give two kalbinis. Why is that? Echot Shekel Shunaisin, one of them is for the shekel, meaning the half a shekel that he's giving. Shekel one of them is for the shekel that he's taking back. Because according to Rav, in Shita's Tanakama, if this person would have went to the money changer and he just wanted to split one full shekel into two half shekels and take both of those half shekels back, he would have to give a kalbin for that. Again, as we said, because of the market fluctuation. And if he decides, to give a full shekel and receive half a shekel change, he also would have to give a kalbain for that. Again, because of the change is a market value. Rav is saying over here in the Tanakama, when a person does both of these at the same time, he gives a full shekel and gives half back, he's doing the two things simultaneously. That's why he would have to give two kalbainites. So we continue, Rav, according to Rav, in Chitas Rav Meir, Gimel kalbainis Enon, he would have to give three kalbainites. And Asrav Yurimya, Rab Shmol Barav Yitzchak B'Shem Rav, he says, Enon, what are these three kalbainites? shekel shunais, and one of them is because of the shekel. He's giving. One of them is referring to the shekel that he's taking back. One of them is the Daeraisla Kalbin that we said he has to add on. So, according to Rameir in Shitas Rav, you would have to give three Kalbinis and not just two. And we continue explaining the Mishnah. We said that we have brothers that are inheritors of their father's estate and they're also partners in a scenario where they're Chayav to pay the Kalbin, they're Patron Maeser Behema. Now, what exactly is that setup? That's where they had divided their father's estate already and then they rejoined to. To be partners. The reason why they are chaived to pay the kalboin is because since they already divided their father's estate, the money that's coming out of their pocket is theirs. It's not their father's and therefore they would have to pay the kalboin. We know that when one person pays the machzah shekel for another and he lends him the money, so then he would be chaived to pay the kalboin for him. This is like one partner lending the other money when he pays with a full shekel for him and his brother slash partner, so he's lending him the money, therefore he would have to pay the kalboin. However, the reason why they are not chaived in Meister Behema is because we know that partners aren't chaived in Meister Behema. However, the Mishnah continued. If it's a scenario that they're Khaivermeister Behema, they would be Potter from the Kalbain. What's that case? They haven't divided the estate yet. Now before the inheritance is divided, its status is called Tefisas habayis, the holding of the house or estate. It's still considered under the ownership of the father and is not a regular partnership between the brothers. Therefore, they would still be Haiven Meister Behema because it's really like their father's animals. It's not a partnership yet, and they are putter from the kalbin because we know that when one person pays the Mahza Shekel for someone else and he doesn't lend him. The the money, He's just doing him a favor and paying for him, so then he does not have to pay a kabin for that. Since the money is coming out of their father's estate, it's like he's paying it for them. They don't owe him the money, therefore they would not have to pay a kabin for that also. Amra um, Blazer, he qualifies this, This is only if the way they divided the estate is that one brother took all the goats and the other took all the rams, or vice versa. If they split the goats and the rams evenly... Each brother took half the goats and half of the rams... This is considered like his chalik already originally from the moment the father died. When the father dies, it's supposed to be split 50-50 in between the brothers. So now that they split it 50-50, that's not considered like they actually divided the inheritance and then re-partnered with each other. It's just in the same status as it was of Tfisa Sabayis the moment the father died. It's only considered like a real dividing of this state and then a new partnership if one of the brothers took all the goats and the other brother took all of the rams. whereas Rabbi Yechenam, he says. I feel even if they split it 50-50, it's just like their is between and their partner from Meiser. It's like they purchased it from each other. Since they had the ability to divide this state however they wanted to, so however they chose to divide it, even though they chose to do it 50-50, that's considered like a real division, and therefore it's a new partnership, and they're going to be pater from Meiser. Like we learned in the Mishnah, an animal that was purchased, and it didn't have Meiser Behema taken off of it yet. Or if it was given as a present, pater Meiser Behema, it's pater Meiser Behemoth, these brothers are considered like kuches. it's like they purchased the animals from each other, and then when they rejoined for a partnership, it's like a new partnership, and they would be Pater in Meister Behemoth. The Rabbi Yermia said, that Rabbi Yermia asked the following question. Why didn't we say in our Mishnah, There are going to be times that they're chayiv in both. They have to pay Meister Behema and they also have to pay the Kalbin. And sometimes they're going to be pater in both the Kalbin and Meister Behema. How's that going to be? Let's say they divided all the other assets, but not the animals. Then they'd be chayiv in both. That's because they divided the money. Now the money is theirs. And when they make up partnership together, so each of them is paying for each other. It's like they're lending each other money, as we said, and then they would have to pay the Kaba'in. However, since they did not divide the animals, the animals are still in the state of Tfisus Habayas, and the animals are under their father's jurisdiction, and now they would be chayv in Meister Behemah. And Chalquus Habayimah, if they divided the animals and they didn't divide the rest of the property, then they are pater in both. That's because once they divided the animals and then they've rejoined for a partnership, they're considered like partners and they're not chayv in Meister Behemah, and since they haven't divided the rest of the assets so when they take a shekel and they use that to pay for their a shekel so it's not chayv in a kalboin because that's coming out of the father's estate and they would not be chayv to pay a cowbine for that. And of Mana he qualifies this Hadadat Amr that which you said, that if they divided the estate and they didn't divide the animals, they would be chayv in a cowbine. that's only if the animals did not make up the majority of the inheritance. If the animals made up the majority of the inheritance, they are the predominant inheritance; They are the predominant asset, and therefore, even though some of the assets were divided, since the main asset, the animals, was not divided, it's not considered like there was a partnership over here, and therefore, they would be chive in Meister Behema, and they would not be chive in the Kalban. And now I have a question on the second case of our Mishnah. Reb Avin Amar Reb Shammai said that Reb Shammai asked the following question. Just because you made these brothers like one person, Eitzel Behema, in regards to Meister Behema, this is in this scenario where they did not divide their father's estate yet. So therefore... It's Still in the status of Tfisa Sabayas, and they would be chayiv to pay Meister Behema at in a Kalbain, you're pottering him from Kalbain. They don't have to give this Kalbain. Why not? At the end of the day, they're paying their Mahtzah Shekel with one coin, so they should have to give the Kalbain. Amr Lai told you don't say that this case is different. he's giving one full cella. This is talking about the father, the estate of the father is giving one full cella for these two brothers. And as we had said previously, that this is coming out of the father's estate, and there's no chiv of kalbain. Why when there's two people that joined together and they decided to give a salah together, so then they would have to give a kalbin. But over here, it's coming out of the father's estate. The Gemara asked me, Atef, so, Afilu and that should mean that even if they divided the inheritance and then they rejoined as partners, they should be putted from the kalbin. That's because since they're reverting back to the original inheritance state, because all they did was split it and then come back together, so nothing really is different, they should also be putted from the kalbin because it should be considered as if the money is coming out of the father's estate. And not out of their pocket. So, Bibu Bibi Ababa Abba Bar Rav Huna. He answers: He shne achin she'arshu asafian. He shne gisin when you have two brothers that inherit their father, they split the inheritance and then they rejoin as partners, that's the same exact thing as two brother in laws inheriting their father in law. Now, we know that brother in laws don't inherit their father in law. So, if it happens to be that their father in law died, the money went to their wives and then their wives died, so they ended up with their father in law's inheritance, that's not considered like they inherited their father in law. And everyone would agree over there that that would be just considered like a regular partnership. So, to over here, even though these two brothers inherited their father, once they split the property, they split the inheritance and they've rejoined as regular partners. They're just considered like regular partners and they would be chayv in the kalbain in that scenario. And now the gemara just ends off where do these kalbainis fall? Meaning, what did we do with these kalbainis? Reb he says, l'shgalim. They were given along with the shgalim and they were put into the lishka where all the shgalim were put. Reb Lazar he says, l'nedava. They were given for carbonus nedava. Anytime the misbeh didn't have a carbon on it, a special carbon called an oila of ketam back was brought and that's what these kalbainis were used for. Reb Shazuri he says, they were used to purchase beaten and flattened sheets of gold that were used as coverings and coatings of the walls of the Kaddashim. Ben Kaddashim. He says, The money changers would take them for their fee. Remember, the money changers were sitting all throughout the country and they were exchanging people's half-shekels for them, so they needed to get paid for that. So they took the Kalban as their fee. say mm-hmm. They used it for travel expenses. These money changers would sit throughout Eretz Yisrael, taking people's half shekels and getting these kalbanis. And then they would take all these half shekels and they would bring them for everyone else into Yerushalayim. So they had to get paid for their travel expenses. And that's what they would use these kalbanis for. <laughs> Mazel tov for finishing the first parak of Just like we finished the first parak of Shqalim, we should be zaycha to finish all of together. And of course, all of shas together. Everyone should have a wonderful day.